Hi, Bev. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, April. I am thrilled to be here. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you. (laughs) This is going to be a really great conversation today. You and I, our audience may not know this, but you and I have been friends for a long time. We go way back. Our paths have crossed for many reasons with kids and other life things, but we have never had the opportunity to work together professionally until now. So I am absolutely thrilled to have you here, and I am thrilled to have you here to talk about today's topic. I know that our listeners are going to be very curious. We are talking about who am I now, and what does that mean? Uh, For women in this midlife stage, the question kind of bubbles up, and sometimes it can take us by surprise. We were not expecting that. And for many women in midlife, that means that we're in that middle place that we like to call it at Medovia. And that is straddling the what was, right? What we've known and the I don't know yet. (laughs) And now what? And I know that our audience is probably shaking their head yes right now. So we're going to bring the conversation to the table. And I'm going to start off by asking you why this is so important for us to talk about. So I'm going to open it up to you, Bev. Thanks, April. The answer really is because menopause is one of several key places in our life that we actually ask this question, who am I? Um, It starts when we're teenagers, then we pick a vocation, and then we follow that, and then life happens, and uh, some people wind up divorced and asking the question. But we all go through menopause, which hits us in the face when we realize, I'm never going to have children again. Whether I want to or not, there is a stark reality of my body is aging. And then there are all the physical things that come with it that remind us that my body is getting older and it's not working the way it used to. And yikes, (laughs) who am I now that I'm not shuttling children around perhaps? Or I'm not scheduling myself around somebody else. And it's really the psychological side of menopause that really has hooked me in. And this question of who am I now? Yeah, absolutely. I I think you hit the nail on the head there. We are in this place where if we've had kids and we've been shuffling them around, like you just mentioned, and our social circles are really closely related to what our kids have been doing for, you know, how many years? And maybe we're in a career that we've been in to, you know, flex a little bit around our kids' schedules or other people's schedules. And now we found our, find ourselves in this place where we don't have to do that. We're not doing that anymore. We have this roller coaster of emotions, right? I'm really sad because I'm losing something. And I'm also anxious because our bodies are aging and I can't have kids. And maybe there is a sadness there. Maybe there's joy, but (laughs) there's mixed emotions here. And so we do find ourselves in this place asking, 
who am I now? And I think that, you know, to your point, there is um, a definitely an emotional piece of this because it can be quite scary as well, not knowing, right? Who am I now? And who do I want to be? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's who am I now? Who was I? I can't remember who I was before because that was too long ago. I'm not that person that I was. Who, where am I headed? It really is this middle ground of questioning who am I authentically at my core without any of this other stuff? What Mm -hmm. am I supposed to be doing? What am I, who am I? How do I fit into this world around me in a new way? And Bev, when, when did you first have that realization? Like, gosh, I get to reinvent myself and figure out who I am now. What, you know, what, what, what was it that caused that aha moment? And then what did you do? Yeah, Kim, that's a great question. Um, The truth is that I hit menopause um, when my son was a year old, he was literally my last egg. So he was, (laughs) A year old, and I was deep in the midst of parenting for another 17 years. So it's really been um, more recently as I've gotten older and I've hit some other milestones that I've been like, oh, what do I want this new season to look like? Yeah. And yet, talking with April around this whole menopause issue, realizing a lot of women hit this place way before I did. Right. 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 I I am not the typical menopause, you know, I'm very postmenopausal, but I did not go through that at the same time that most women did. For me, these questions surfaced later. And then I could look back at some of the conversations I've had with women and my circle and realize, oh, this is really a key component, not just for me, who's going through some other stuff, mm-hmm. but for women who are 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 hitting this perimenopausal menopausal area, yeah, it's interesting because you often look back and say, oh, "Okay, that makes sense now." And what should I do about that? Right? You know, I I I have this experience, or I had this feeling, or I talked about this, and. It didn't make sense at the time, and now it does. And now it does, and I get to do something with it. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Yeah, it is. It right. is. But, you know, I think I know, Bev, that you have done a lot of work on yourself and for yourself. And and I, I think the latter is the most important to bring up right now. You have done a lot for yourself and not in a selfish way, but I think in a very um, self-care manner. And we're all about radical self-care here at Medovia. And so I'd love for you to speak a little bit about that and what were some of the things and what are some of the things, because you're still unpacking, you know, who am I now? Um, What are some of those things that you've done that our audience could do? Yeah, that's that's a great way to frame it. Um, I really one of the biggest things that I recommend for women that I do on a regular basis is just paying attention, paying attention to what brings me joy, 
praying, paying attention to what sucks the life out of me. Um, when am I filled? When am I filled with this joy that overflows? Um, I went to a jazz concert two weeks ago unexpectedly. Oh my gosh, where has this been my whole life? There was this visceral feeling of the music flowing through. And I went, oh, clearly I need more of this. Yeah. Right. Um, So I really think that paying attention to what uh, brings us life, um, what doesn't, is a huge piece of it. Looking even at um, what do what Facebook posts do we pay attention to and linger on? Those are clues, right, to us about mm-hmm. what where are our interests right now? What kind of magazines do we pick up or click on the computer? What kind of things do we read? Um, paying attention to how we feel in certain situations. Mm-hmm. All of those things start giving us clues about who we really are. Um, and then one of the things that I suggest to people that they do is start documenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spending five minutes a day at the end of the day, putting those noticings into a journal. Mm-hmm. Because what happens over time is you can go back and you can see, for me, it tends to be the things that bring me most life are relational. It's when I'm with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. It's when I'm taking a walk with somebody outside in the sun with the water takes that from here to here. So sure. being outside is one of those things. But when we actually write it down, there are a couple of things that happen. One is that writing starts to, the words start to flow out of us that we didn't even know we were going to write down. Mm-hmm. That's that's our kind of our subconscious just starting to spill out, and we can go, oh, I hadn't thought about that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can go back and we can see patterns over time. Mm-hmm. So paying attention, documenting, um, those those are two of the first things that um, I do on a regular basis that have helped provide clues. Um, There's some things going forward that um, I recommend that that women do to see what might interest them in terms of hobbies or interests, right? Try new things. Um, I just started a pickleball class four weeks ago. Oh, yay. I want to do that. (laughs) I think everybody does pickleball, but me. I, (laughs) I just signed up for second pickleball session good I want to move more I want to exercise more mm-hmm. but again for me if it's relational I'm more likely to show up even mm-hmm. if it's new people that I don't know I'm more likely to show up um so trying new things um I think it's interesting yeah, because you, you know when you're having kids and managing the to and froms or whatever you don't have a minute to stop and think about how you feel about something or even reflect on, do I like this or not like this? You're just an autopilot to be able to like get through the day a lot of the time. So I appreciate you're like, just stop and observe what's happening around you because, uh, and feel those emotions for yourself. You don't have to feel them for anybody else anymore, right? You get to feel them for you for good or for bad. You get to just feel them for you, right? 
Absolutely. And, and Kim, we could take, we could take a whole nother podcast about how do we actually make space because yeah. it actually does require space to yeah. pay attention and notice and, and reflect on what happened during the day and how did I feel about it? Yeah. Um, and it's easy in this world to be so busy, even, even after the kids are gone, right? Maybe work fills up the space or exercise fills up the space or the TV or scrolling fills up the space. Um, it's really hard for some people to be by themselves. And yeah. this, this reflective thing is something that requires just, a, you know, it doesn't require a ton of space, but it does require being. You have silent. to be purposeful about it. You have to be intentional, very yeah. intentional. Yeah. Absolutely, Kim. And I love what you said too, Bev, about writing it down. I think that uh, pen to paper and getting out of our head does allow us to free flow with our feelings and our ideas and our dreams and and really spending that time with ourselves. But I also love coming back to my journals and looking back and reflecting back and not just looking at the patterns, but also celebrating how far maybe I've come. Or sometimes I surprise myself, right? Like you're like, did I write that? <laughs> Was that me? And I think that's just, it fills us. And I think that that can be really good too, um, to look back and, and look at progress, but also celebrate successes, celebrate how far we've come, remember that we can get through challenges and dream and know that our dreams can change. We're allowed to change our mind, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you bring up a great point because the, what I noticed, actually, even just this morning, I was flipping back through my journal and I was like, oh, look at all these things that I wrote down that I was grateful for in the midst of really, really hard times. Mm. It reminds me that I can get through really, really hard yeah. times. It yeah. will work out. All those unknowns around jobs or relationships or whatever, I kind of start trusting mm. that it worked out before, it will continue to work out, and there is much to be grateful in the midst of that. Yeah. yeah. Gratitude is a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's huge in those in those moments where you don't think you can make it through that to know that you have before. Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Because we we forget. We forget yeah. so easily that, gosh, we've been through really hard times before. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think particularly in menopause, right, as we're reaching, typically reaching an age where not too far down the road, our parents are going to need mm -hmm. taking care of. They're going to mm -hmm. start getting sick. Someone's uh, One of our friends is going to go through a divorce. Someone's going to lose a spouse, right? Mm -hmm. We're getting to an age where in the not too distant future, all of these hard things are going to happen, right? And that's where we, you know, talk about community. Menopause is a great time to not just collect your friends around what's going on in our bodies in menopause and how does it feel and what are we doing and comparing um, solutions and whatnot, although very, very important. It's also a time to go below the surface with our friends and make sure that those connections are secure so that we can hold each other for the years to come. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. We hear that a lot. I have you back on another podcast to talk about friendships because we've had quite the conversation before we hopped on this recording in the weeks leading up to this. So uh, audience, we will have Bev back to talk about friendships because it's super important during this time in our lives for sure, Bev. So thank you for bringing that up as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and in some ways, and I'll just kind of add a, a tickler for that future, is paying attention to which friendships bring you joy mm. and which people bring you drama. Mm. Yeah. We get to choose. We yeah. get to choose. For sure. For sure. I, think- I appreciate that about age. <laughs> I do. I love that about I, age. I do. Age. I love that, that I get yeah. to be like, this isn't no, no longer serving me. <laughs> Yeah, Done. I can say no. I yeah. can walk away. And I don't yeah. feel guilty, right? Yeah. So maybe sometimes we did that before, but there was a little bit of guilt with it. And I don't have that anymore. Yeah. So it's a good space to be in. It is. And who am I now? I'm a woman who can choose her friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can choose who I'm going to spend time with and who I am going to spend less time with. Right. Who and what I'm going to spend my time doing, where I'm going to spend my time doing, right? And sometimes that's for ourselves. It has to include ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It has to. Um, I remember having a coach tell me when my kids were really young, she was trying to talk me into doing massages every month. And I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have space. I can't. And... Fast forward 20 years, I'm like, oh, I see what she said. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I just added that in. Yep. Sometimes it takes growing up, doesn't it, to learn those things? We're all grown up, ladies. (laughs) You know, it reminds me, um, as you were talking, Bev, we've learned in school and as we write papers and we give speeches, uh, they always say, begin with the end in mind. And I think that we have been taught that over the years. And in menopause, in this midlife stage, this middle stage of who am I now, we don't know the ending. And that can be an uncomfortable place. And I think what you're saying, Bev, is to lean into it, discover yourself, and allow this openness and maybe palms open, right? To receive everything that is going to come your way and embrace it with joy and find those things that bring you joy. Absolutely. And and we learn to filter what comes our way. What are we going to hold on to that feels like good advice or a good practice for self-care? And what isn't us, right? We we just talk about journaling. Some people are draw people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That is another way of being able to tap into what's going on inside. For some people, it's more of drawing and painting mm-hmm. that lets them access that versus I'm a word person. Okay, great. So let the journaling and words go and let it come up through other creative pieces. Um, as long, our brains all work in different ways and we get to choose which practices are going to serve and which ones serve other people really well. But man, I just can't pull that one off. Yeah. It's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we often say at Medovia, just know that you have choices. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what are the choices that you make? And maybe journaling doesn't work for somebody, but something else comes in. And, um, but really like, let's look at what you're grateful for. Let's document what's going on in your head. Don't keep it inside, figure out ways to get it out and experience those, experience those feelings, right. And pay attention. As you said, first off and foremost, pay attention to what's going on. So I appreciate that perspective. Yeah. Noticing. Noticing. It is noticing. It's noticing what you notice. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's noticing our feelings, noticing what our bodies say too. Right. Sometimes it's our emotions that we're noticing. Sometimes it's the thoughts in our head. And sometimes our bodies are the first ones to react in the situation. And so being able to work with someone or talk through what's going on um, in our bodies. We yeah. Just have to, we are whole beings. And so all the parts of us matter. Yeah. And they when, all give us clues. Right. What's going on. When April and I were preparing for this podcast and we were talking about the, who am I now? I know you had a conversation like, how can I come on and talk about who am I now? when I don't know who I am now. Right. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah. But I love that. I love that too. It's like, I'm, wait a minute, how can I talk about who I am now when I'm in this place where I don't know who I am now? And I think it's perfect. Right. Kim? Yeah. Like, this is perfect because and will you ever know? Yeah. And we get to change, right? Like, so just for your listeners who don't know, right. I'll just, I will just share, right. I, I lost my husband, you know, a few months ago. And so that is what's been thrown me into this. Who am I now? Who do I want to be going forward? Um, and when I was asked to write the bio, I'm like, oh, I know, I know who I was. I think maybe I know what I'm moving towards. I just, I was, I had this like, yeah, I just kind of was like, I, how, how can I write? who I am when I am figuring it out. And so that's where I say life events happen for each of us, but we all get to revisit this at different places along the way. And so yeah. and we try on roles and that's okay. I actually just started an improv class, which, so fun. which is encouraging me to try things out. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. I am a planner, Kim. I'm like, <laughs> Really? We're friends, Bev. (laughs) And I'm learning that some things can't be planned. Some things have to be experienced. And then, oh, this feels good. This works. I guess I'll keep walking in this direction. Right. I'll do that more. So Mm -hmm. improv's teaching you yes. Yes. And right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. And and laughter and laughter. Right. The joy piece, the community piece. Honestly, Bev, you have unpacked so much in truly this episode with the community and trying things on and trying new things and not being afraid to change your mind and listening and noticing what we notice and journaling, or maybe it's painting, or maybe it, it, you know, maybe it's not words, but discover yourself rediscover yourself, keep rediscovering yourself and lean into those places in your life that bring you joy. Absolutely. And I'll add noticing those places of resistance, Mm. noticing those things, those triggers, they're actually pretty important to dive into as well. Yeah. What's behind that? 
Yeah. Absolutely. Even when you don't want to. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Especially. Sometimes we don't want to, but we yeah. have to do that We'd too. Have to. That's important. Otherwise we stuff. So, yeah. well, Bev, we end uh, every one of our episodes with a rapid fire round. So we're going to hit you with that. If you want to have a little bit of fun. So our Bring listeners on. know you a little bit better. All right. All right. I'll start. How about uh, train, plane, or automobile? Plane. All right. Hey, sunrise or sunset? Sunset. All right. All right. We got one more. How about fiction or nonfiction? Mm. <laughs> Everyone could Probably see. Probably nonfiction. Nonfiction. <laughs> Nonfiction. Okay. Nonfiction. All right. I feel like there's so much to learn about this world and cultures and people and stuff that I like, I know I won't get it all in, but I kind of want to try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> A lot. Okay. Our last question that we ask of everybody, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Great question. Um, when I was pregnant with my first child, and I didn't have her till I was 38, I was I um was was at at my shower and lamenting the fact, what am I going to do with this child? I know nothing. And this woman said, "You'll figure it out." <laughs> and I was not happy about that particular sentence. Fast forward 20 years, I kind of like, "You'll figure it out." Yeah, and actually. It fits for all sorts of situations. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. I actually love that. You'll figure it out. <laughs> figure yes, it out. I am. I am. Figure yeah. it out. We're adding that to the book that we'll write on that someday. Yeah, someday. Right. That. Exactly. Yeah. Bev, it has been a delight to have you on the show. I'm so glad that we were able to make this work. I know that you'll be back. And our listeners, um, side note, we'll probably be doing some events and workshops with Bev to help you unpack this. Who am I now? So look for that in um, on our website and future correspondence. But until then, until we meet again, go find joy in the journey. Thanks, Bev. See you soon. Take care now. Thanks, April.